has completed the treble. For all your sporting news, reviews and previews, this is the Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the Sports Desk on your Friday evening, the 1st of September, the first day of spring. Hope you've had a good one, although it hasn't really felt like a spring day. A bit typical rain weather, Melbourne. Not too warm, but uh, good evening, boys. Joined, of course, by Jason Evans, Jerry and and Liam Cole, who's staring at his mobile phone right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to copy me, out. mate. <laughs> It's actually their notebook. They're sitting it on the mic stands. Very good. They've been yeah. breaking down a bit of the news. Today's the day, gentlemen. The AFL finals roundtable discussion. Oh yeah, this will yeah, be no, a very I've got exciting my top eight show. Predictions from March, so yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yes, can't wait to go through that. The massive first week of finals is next week, and uh, well, you better be tuned into the sports desk because it's going to be a massive week and a massive month in September, uh, and I think more so now that we. Well, I've always felt a bit distant to finals on the sports show because uh, we've never really had many people involved with finals. But and there's the Saints man in the room and a Blues man. so <laughs> True. So half oh. now. Yeah, half. half. Who so, would have thought, start of the season, Saints and Blues. But uh, here we are. Oh, no, but the Blues are expected. The Blues are expected, Maybe. I'd say. But, uh, yes, no, we'll have plenty of chickens that we can replay and a few of them. Uh, later on in the show, but we'll get straight to the news um, and we'll, we'll go through the AFL uh, awards j- just first. We'll go through the All-Australian later on in the show, but uh, we'll start off with there. And how, how did you see the couple of awards, Jerry? Zach Butters took out the AFL Coaches Association uh, Champion Player of the Year Award. Yeah, well, he certainly deserved that because him and Rosie have had a standout season a few years ago, I tipped them as just, you know, your half forwards and, you know, that's what they're just going to be. But they've turned into some really good, solid inside midfielders for Port and they'll be like that for the next 10 years. So good on Butters and might do some damage this September. Yep, definitely. Da- damage in September and also on the Brownlow tally, I would say. Probably, yeah, yeah. 20 if plus he doesn't votes. win it, podium finish maybe, top five. It's not a bad call. Very good early, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting. I, I, th- I feel like the Brownlow, a lot of people thought, um, Nick Dacos, and still is probably a, a big tip for some people, but it's been 20 years this year since the fir- uh, the triple draw, uh, drawn Brownlow. Do you reckon so I wonder if Dacos could draw? we could have a draw again this year. Maybe it's been long enough now where there hasn't been a tied one, so yeah. that could be always be on the cards. I remember in the preseason as well, uh, I think it was Brayshaw from Fremantle was considered a Brownlow contender going into the year, so oh, that's a surprising him. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah not quite. <laughs> Uh, you'll be happy with, about this, uh, Jerry. North Melbourne young gun Harry Sheasel was named the AFL Rising Star. It had to be him, surely yeah, it was. Yeah, it had to be because he's averaging 27.5 touches this season, breaking the record for most ever disposals, with, I think plus 600 for North Melbourne. And my mate who's a St Kilda supporter, not, um, not Liam, said Mitch Owens deserves it. Like, I, I chicken that. We're, well, the chicken's not here, but <laughs> Mitch Owens only averaged 14 touches this season, about a goal a game. That's... Not the same compared to Sheasel. I think it's more impact, though. Oh, I mean, come on, Liam. He's playing forward. He's playing ruck. He, oh, very I versatile. No. Um, he's, he's a jet, and I was really surprised he came third. I th- would have thought with Ashcroft's injury. He'd come second. Yeah, but um, that's okay. Oh, well done, Sheasel. Cheers, mate. Are you chickening that, Jason, from all the way there? He's out in the... I don't know what he's doing. Chickens, because they weren't here, so we're going to go back and retroactively go... On that big call from earlier. 
Uh, Carlton star Charlie Curnow was recognised as the Coleman Medal winner. Now, I thought they did that on Brownlow night, but maybe maybe they've just announced him. Uh, we'll do it again. <laughs> celebrate They'll probably it. do it twice, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, for a second consecutive year. And the AFL Players Association Awards went to Bontempelli, MVP and best captain, uh, Nick Dacos. And the best, best first-year player, uh, Butters. So I, th- I think so. Uh, oh, sorry, but Butters was the most c- courageous player. I think all the AFL Awards this year and the All-Australian, which we'll, we'll have a look at a little later, uh, has been pretty pretty solid this year, I think. I think in years gone past, there was players out of positions and I think a lot of people were unhappy with it. But uh, I think this time around, they've got it really right. Mm. Yeah, it's good to have some. Sorry, good to have some wingers this time. Dacos and Goulden, who were fantastic all year, which we'll dissect later. But yeah, I think they were pretty much spot on. Because I think it's got to be, and yes, it's a team that will never ever play a game. But we've got to imagine that we could line up on a field and not have players out of position just because they were maybe. Don't they play in Ireland though? Do they not do that anymore? (laughs) Uh, That's the old international rules series, I believe. Someone can fact check us. I don't think the all Australian name team would wouldn't play in the international rules. I th- I, th- I think they were separate. Oh, my bad. Man. That sounds about right. Uh, Petrarca half forward flank. Is that an accurate position? Yeah, if you play the second half. Yeah, okay. much second half. Yeah. Right, we'll, we'll have a look at that a little later. Also in the news today, Udkuno uh, uh, last night announced his retirement. Sorry. And uh, it's been a massive career for him. Um, I almost forgot he played at two clubs. Uh, started off his career at Adelaide uh, and then has been a blue bagger ever since. And uh, it's, it's funny, the only link between the current team and the team that last played in the 2013 elimination final final series. Wow. So Interesting. He's so well to, done yeah, to Ed Kerner. Really, yep. Had to really work hard. Played at Box Hill for a couple of years and was drafted at number 40 in the rookie draft in 2008. So well done to him on a great career. It's not over yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, hopefully not. And just quickly on AFLW, the season starts tonight. I was at Princess Park. Collingwood stuff, like they have their merch ready, even Melbourne. So it's going to be a great game starting at 7.20 p.m. Um, the women's are ready to go, so yep. looking forward to that. We'll take a look at the, that round later on in the show as well. Uh, and then uh, let's look at the UEFA Awards now. Uh, the Women's Player of the Year, uh, year was announced as uh, Atania Banmati, played for Barcelona and Spain. Uh, runners-up were Olga Kimona from Spain and Real Madrid and Sam Kerr, uh, Chelsea in Australia. So I think that's another massive achievement, um, especially being injured for most of the tournament to come in and uh, be a runners-up in that. And the Men's Player of the Year was Erling Holland, of course, from Manchester City. Um, and the runners-up there was Lionel Messi and Kevin De Bruyne. Now... The Socceroos versus Mexico game is next week. It is a friendly, and the squad has been announced to take on Mexico. And guess where? Dallas, Texas, of out of all places. Really? <laughs> yeah. AT&T Stadium? AT&T Stadium. Okay. The, you know expect 90,000. Uh, WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. 90,000, hopefully. 80,000. Who, who would that there? home ground be to? Dallas Cowboys, I believe Dallas it is. Dallas Cowboys, okay. So Tom Glover, Ashley Maynard Brewer, and Matt Ryan are the keepers. Uh, listed Nathaniel Atkinson, Aziz Biatch, Cameron Burgess, uh, Alessandro Sicati, uh, Milos Degene, Cole Rouse, Harry Suter, Ryan Strain, 
uh, Kinu Bacchus, Cameron Devlin, Denny Zonro, Jackson Irvine, Riley McGree, Connor Metcalf, Aidan O'Neill, Martin Boyle, Nick D. Adestino, Mitch Duke and Matthew Leckie and Sam Silvera have been named in the squad, which is very, very exciting. So look forward to some Socceroos action uh, next week. Uh, do you have some tennis news? US Open. Yeah, well, some Aussies getting through, actually. So Demona is through in straight sets. He's the number 13 seed at the US Open this year. So um, he's still waiting uh, his next opponent, but he's looking really strong come this US Open swing. Unfortunately, all the women's are knocked out. Tom Janovic pulled out against Ruby Kina yesterday, and Gavrilova lost to world number one, um, Shratek. But we've still got a few Aussies in the men's draw. So you got Rinki Hijikata, who made the second round Oz Open, and now he's through to the third round. Um, so two Aussies through to the third round, um, exciting times. Djokovic and Alcaraz looking strong in the men's side. Yep. All right, and uh, one more. Th- oh, before we get to the VFL finals, uh, champion jockey Damien Oliver has retired as well this week. Uh, massive for him, of course, uh, being on Winks uh, most famously. Uh, and uh, the v- VFL finals start this weekend, so there is some extra footy action to get us excited about the AFL finals next week. Uh, the first game uh, will be the qualifying final. Uh, at 6.05 at Heritage Bank Stadium, the Q Clash, Gold Coast Suns and Brisbane Lions. Uh, The first elimination final will be uh, on Saturday at 3 o'clock, Williamstown and Collingwood. Uh, Footscray and Melbourne... uh, Sorry, Coburg. No. Yes. What were they called? The Casey Demons. Sorry, not Coburg. (laughs) Uh, 12 p.m. at Box Hill City Oval. And then the second qualifying final, the... Uh, Werribee will take on the Box Hill Hawks at Avalon Airport Oval at 2 o'clock. So exciting uh, action to get through. Uh, But that brings us any news from you? Yes, so Brett Ratton has announced that he will be leaving North Melbourne after taking over as interim coach from Alistair Clarkson this year for 10 games. Uh, He coached Carlton for 120 games and St Kilda for three seasons. Unfortunately, it didn't go well. He did get sacked. But, um, yeah, I'm not really surprised that he's taken... He stepped down. I think he's been treated poorly from both clubs. I think St Kilda blindsided him. So no real surprise there, Sam. Well, I I would have thought he might have stayed around a bit longer at North because I was saying just a couple of weeks ago that it was a big treasure chest of... A war chest, sorry, of uh, of coaches they had at their rank. coaches as well. So mm. I think, yeah, to save some money maybe we needed to let Rats yeah. go. Well, <laughs> I think he was just trying to help out, out a mate who was... Oh, um, yeah, no, that's know. a valid reason as well. Yeah. So good on him. Thank you for your service. All right. When we come back, we'll be talking about the... Uh, the basketball, of course, the FIBA World Cup will go through the UEFA Champions League draw and the Premier League. And then later on in the show, the AFL roundtable discussion, reviewing some of our predictions uh, and so forth. This is the Sports Desk on Sin and had to play this. First of September, Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh, yes. Oh, Get what happy, a great everyone. month. Get ready. September, Earth, Wind and Fire, the fabulous. Earth, Wind and Fire, of course, and uh, wow, one of my favourite songs that I was just saying I don't purposely don't play it in the first half of the year just so I can enjoy it <laughs> this half of the year because this is where, well, Melbourne's about to hit its peak as we get into spring and summer and footy and all of that. It's my favourite time of year. All right, it's time to get into some FIBA World Cup now. Yeah. 
And we go over to Jerry to break down what's been happening in the FIBA World Cup. It's been interesting for the Boomers, hasn't it? Well, they finally won a game against Japan, the, the must-win game. And uh, what is the next step, Jerry? Yeah, well, um, let's recap that game against Japan. So we beat them by 20 points, 109 to 89. So essentially, I was saying this is a must-win game. And we've won it, but we need to win another game as you know the competition progresses. Um, standouts for Australia were Josh Giddy. I reckon now he's the man for Australia. You can chicken that, but Paddy's 35. Obviously, as you age, you know, you start slowing down. But Josh Giddy, he scored 26, so I've got stats to back this up. 26 points, led all scoring for Australia, 11 assists and 5 rebounds. So that's a double-double. He played 30 minutes. Paddy Mills had 11 points and 9 assists. Still really good. And then I was very surprised with this. So Xavier Cooks. I want Liam to fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure he's like the backup center for Australia. Um, he scored 24 points, had 16 rebounds and two assists as well. So as a backup, and you're scoring that many points, like he's someone to watch out for, like in the next you know few games and even a few years. Um, got any info on? Yeah, he's played for the Washington Wizards for the past couple of years in the NBA. So that's really good that some of the Aussie players are starting to get some real notice with their great performances. Oh, that's really good to see. Um, and with Japan, I said Hawkinson was someone to look out for. He scored 33, so we struggled to stop him. And also Watanabe scored 24. So besides that, we kept Japan you know, pretty quiet and we... Um, outscored him in that last quarter, 22-19, to 19, which is good. But on to the next game. So we've got Georgia next. Um, so this is a must-win on Sunday, 5.30. Oh, no. And doesn't it say, am I reading the wrong thing here? I've got Slovenia. We oh, play Slovenia. Slovenia today, including... Oh, oh is that right? My bad. My bad. Well, yes, I'm conflicted no. then. Goodness the, me. The two... It's weird that the group stage is uh, two different group stages. So the first round obviously was a group of four and we progressed with Germany. Um, and then so the second round now we are in a group, uh, of course, with... Oh, no. Sorry. This is confusing. <laughs> I should have done more research out of this FIBA World Cup's worth. But we're in the second round of it. Uh, so it's Slovenia, Germany... Uh, Georgia and Australia are in the same thing. But, yes, we will take on Slovenia tonight at 10.10pm, 10 uh, including against, well, one of the best NBA players from the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, Luka Doncic. Um, that's going to be very interesting here. We locked him down in um, that bronze medal match in Tokyo. So I hope Matisse Feibel can have a few minutes and lock him down again. So fingers crossed, but it will be very hard to stop him. So, yeah, it, it seems to be second round and then class of 17 to 32. Um, and, then, and then it splits down to the bracket, which is uh, yeah, very interesting. So every game you have to be like winning the majority right now or else yep. you get knocked out because two progress through each group. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Even though you will get put in the same group because obviously yeah. we're in with uh, Germany again. So um, interesting. A few Tough other thing. games tonight. Uh, to look out for Serbia and Italy at 6pm, USA and Montenegro, Spain and Latvia. Domin- Don- sorry, the Dominic... Oh, my God. The Do- Dominican, Domin- Republic. Dominican Republic. Dominican <laughs> and Puerto Rico. I don't know why that tripped me up. <laughs> Canada and Brazil uh, as well today. L- Lithuania and Greece. Uh, New Zealand play Egypt tomorrow. And then the next game, as you mentioned, Australia will versus Georgia on Sunday as well at 5.30. But you would say we're pretty confident going into Slovenia? 
it'll be very close. It's just all about, you know, who outscores each other in that final, you know, f- last quarter. Slovenia are coming off a win against Cape Verde. Um, and, uh, of course, strong. Georgia as well, 88-67. to 67. But we did exactly what we needed to do, Australia, with, with the must-win against Japan. Otherwise, we were going to be out. Yeah. Um, and just showed really our strengths. It wasn't really there in the first two games, uh, but definitely was against Japan. So hopefully we can keep that rolling. Um, any final bits from you? Who's been the standout from the whole tournament that you've seen so far? It's just far? been Josh Giddy. He's really stepped up to another level. He's carried his team so far. He had 17 the last game. He had, I think, 30 the, the other game. And he also dropped um, a fair bit today as well. So, yeah, Giddy and Mills, if they can work together, score 20-plus against um, Slovenia, then we're a chance to knock Doncic and Slovenia out. 20 years of age as well. Quite incredible. He's a year older than me and Liam, so yeah, puts so... it in perspective. <laughs> Aren't we bad? But, um, <laughs> yeah, imagine if Ben Simmons was playing. We would oh, be really strong and know, could have a chance. A half right Ben Simmons is not as good as a full, you know, giddy or stuff okay. like that. Yep, yep, definitely. All right, time to move over now to the Champions League. And the draw for the the next UEFA Champions League competition group stage was drawn in the early hours of this morning. Group A will be Bayern Munich, Manchester United, FC Copenhagen and Galatasaray. Uh, group B will be Sevilla, Arsenal for the first time in a, in a while up in Champions League, PSV uh, and Lens uh, from France. Group C is Napoli, Real Madrid, uh, Braga and Union Berlin. Uh, Group D is uh, Benfica, Inter Milan, Salzburg, Real Sociedad. Group E is Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid and Lazio and Celtic. Group F is PSG, Borussia Dortmund, AC Milan uh, and Newcastle United. Group G is Manchester City, RB Leipzig, Red Star Belgrade and the Young Boys. Uh, Group H is Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar Donetsk, Royal Antwerp. So, interesting. Good to see Arsenal. And I think Newcastle for the first time um, playing Champions League, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in a long time. Uh, So, match day one won't be till the end of this month, uh, September 19 and 20, around then. Uh, But exciting. What what do we think are some of the probably most more difficult groups? Um, Obviously, Group A, Bayern Munich and Manchester United and them not being in great form at the moment. Yeah. the Napoli and Real Madrid Group C one's pretty interesting. What about Group F, Sam? You got PSG, yep. Dortmund, Milan, and Newcastle. Milan made the final. Newcastle coming yeah. off a of prem season. That's, that's probably going to be the group of death. That one. Yeah. I mean, um, Group A is pretty easy for Bayern Munich. Man United aren't in great form. Harry yeah. Kane is starting to score really well in the first couple games in Bundesliga, and um, yeah, um, Group F, yes, definitely hard. Exciting to have the competition back. Um, I should have brought my medal in today. Oh, <laughs> I, brought, I brought in a replica medal last week of the, uh, <laughs> Nearly got stolen. the Premier League. Oh, yeah, Still celebrating the three-peat. Yay! The treble. Yes, well, it's it's a bit annoying with the off-season being so short. You don't get time, that much time to... celebrations already, Sam. All right, okay. Uh, so that's the Champions League. Looking forward to that. And Premier League. Oh, that's the wrong one. <laughs> that's a bit later. Let's do the an acapella version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
the Premier League okay. this uh, back this weekend before the international break. We've got Luton Town and West Ham tomorrow 5am. Sheffield United, Everton tomorrow 9.30, the early game. Man City and Fulham from midnight. Chelsea, Nottingham Forest at the same time, as well as Burnley and Tottenham. Uh, Brentford and Bournemouth, 2.30am, Brighton and Newcastle, Crystal Palace and Wolves at Sunday 11pm, Liverpool, Aston Villa, Sunday 11 as well. And then Monday, Arsenal and Man United. Uh, we didn't really get to cover uh, the Premier League on Monday's show, but uh, wow, uh, a few exciting results last week. <laughs> including a just win for Man United over Nottingham Forest 3-2 last week. Uh, Arsenal drew with Fulham, and then Man City escaped a uh, draw to a late equaliser from Sheffield with a massive score from Rodri last week. But a few standouts I've seen this early in the season. West Ham and Aston Villa for me, uh, and and Brighton as well probably, uh, have been really exciting to look at so far. Aston Villa uh, probably been the most impressive, but uh, Brian and Newcastle, that's a good game. What are the, some of the exciting fixtures this weekend that speak out to you, Liam? <laughs> Question without notice. Well, um, Arsenal and Man United yeah. will be a massive yeah. one Monday, 1am. 1 um, Liverpool, Villa, because Villa have signed some really good players like Tillemans from Leicester. Um, Brighton, Newcastle, that's a deadly one because both have had... You know, some tough years, but they're back on top, so watch out for that one as well. Yep, no, that's definitely going to be interesting. And, uh, of course, Tottenham and just Tottenham's done very well so far. Very early on, but they're third on the table. Uh, second, of course, West Ham, Man City first, Liverpool fourth, Arsenal fifth. Um, but, uh, well, it is a long season in the Premier League, and we are glad it's back. Uh, so good luck to... And, of course... Just and, quickly on the yeah. EFL Championship, Leicester are four from four, so um, oh. watch out here. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I can't forget about Foxes, mate. West, yeah, West Ham <laughs> are going to make a really uh, great season, I think. Do you reckon top four? I think they'll push. I think... No, they'll push. I think they can definitely make top six with the squad they fair, have. Ariola, he's played a lot of football for PSG as and goalkeeper. As well. Ogbonna, very experienced. And then you got Antonio as well up front. Um, I think they'll, they're in great form. I think they'll. You love Antonio, don't you? I do. I, he's a bull. <laughs> I, I love him. Uh, and just quickly, too, uh, news. Uh, and of course, our coach, Graham Arnold, has knocked back an offer from uh, Hibernian, the uh, Scottish Champions League team. Oh, sorry. Scottish Championship team uh, to stay with the Socceroos. So I think that's uh, massive and real props to him. He's knocked them back. Good on him. Um, yeah, I think that's really good. It it's yeah. shows how dedicated he is to the Socceroos. And uh, we'll, we'll, as I mentioned earlier, we'll get, a, get to see a glimpse of them next week. All right, when we come back, the round ta- table discussion breaking down a AFL early predictions this year, and we'll take a look at uh, some of our wild predictions for finals, ne- finals week that kicks off next week. That's all coming up on the Sports Desk on your Friday evening. The Temper Trap, Sweet Disposition on the Sports Desk. What a song. And your Friday evening on scene. And doesn't that make you feel... Like footy finals is just around the corner. Oh, They've played mate. a few grand finals, I the Temper wait. Trap. Especially the um, Channel 10 era of AFL finals. It was yeah, always so we'll be there. dribbling a bit of uh, footy songs from our, you know, nostalgic footy songs over the next couple of weeks oh, as well, um, which hell. is going to be exciting. Hell. All right, time for our round table discussion. 
preseason we'll, predictions. Yep. Breakdown of the top eight that sit currently right now. How far are they going to go? It's a fascinating ride we're on right now. Yep. Uh, and just quickly, we'll go through the All-Australian um, that we mentioned earlier. We said, well, I, th- I think it was pretty confident. That was pretty solid. The captain, of course, being Toby Green, vice-captain Marcus Bontempelli. Um, and, uh, wow, you'd be happy with... Uh, I think the big question on everyone's mind, well, m- m- maybe us on our show, was if uh, Larky was going to make it, and he did. Made the bench. But I, th- I think you had to. If you kick that many goals for a club that's only won three games, mm. that is ridiculous. So, um, no, very impressed w- with, with that this year. He deserves it. Yep. That was rightful. Uh, did anyone in the room uh, think of uh, vice versa, Bontempelli, Captain Toby Green, vice? Yeah, well, I agree with that. Well, I mean, the Bulldogs didn't make finals, so right. it's going to be very hard to give a captaincy to you know yeah. a non-final player. And a devil's advocate question, could you make a case for Darcy Moore as All-Australian captain? Yeah, I yeah, think he could. that's a valid point, yeah. I, my personal opinion would be is that Darcy Captain, just as a general captain across the league, would probably be the best in the league with Bontempelli being second. But, yeah, no, nice, uh, uh, a nice recognition to Toby Green, Sam. Well, I, I think it was a better option for captain than last year. Uh, no offence to Geelong fans, but... Uh, Who was it, Joel Selwood? No, it was um, Tom Tom Hawkins. Yeah. Oh, he was all-string captain last year. So, right. who's never been a captain before, even at Geelong. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it was an interesting was one. particular one. year, a number of years ago, Alex Rance was given uh, all-string okay. captain one year, wasn't it? And he's never been captain. But I think that's right, because he was the best defender, and there is a, a an aura of leadership about that. Didn't they give Buddy one, one year? Well, Buddy's Buddy, in fairness, uh, I'd say. Has he never been captain, Sydney? He's never no. been captain at Sydney. Uh, it's interesting. It's it's a it's interesting one. I know, like, forwards as captains are, are less less likely unless they are a midfielder that has then has moved been moved forward, right, or or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think they got that pretty right, and uh, can't wait to a massive uh, next couple of weeks. We've got the, of course, the big Brownlow medal counts. That's the Monday grand final week. It, it certainly is. One final piece of debate I want to give on the All Australians. Liam suggested what he would do if he was on the selection committee. You were talking yes. about this during the week. You did share it with us. Share it with the listeners. I'm very, I'm very interested in seeing this this very quick debate. So I just had three changes. I thought they were pretty spot on on most things. Okay. So I had Sarong out, Tim English out, and Dan Houston out for Kyle Langford to be on the bench, kicking 50 goals in a really poor team. Sorry, Jason. I think he was fantastic. Rowan Marshall, his second half of the season was unbelievable. Tim English, he had a great year, but he gets a lot of uncontested stuff. He even took a kick out one game. So uh, Dan Houston, he's a beautiful kick, kicked the goal after the siren. In sport bombers. Yep. Um, but is he a good defender? I'm not sure. And so then I had Harris Andrews yeah. to replace him. I feel, uh, and I mean, I guess it's hard when you peak later in the season as opposed to having a better first half because I feel like mm. uh, maybe they look at the second half differently. It, it, I mean, they probably shouldn't, but uh, I thought Weedering's second half of his year has been really good as well as Nick Newman, who's played out of his skin. Uh, so they were. So I didn't even think Nick Newman made the squad. Um, but oh well, I, I think... Regardless, I think the majority was all right. 
Uh, we've got our chickens now. Now, it was a new feature this year on the sports desk. We brought it on early, and it was a strange concept to have chickens on the table throughout the year uh, to whenever we felt that something was controversial or just outrageous or just unlikely, it would be squeezed. Uh, and we have a few of them to play back, um, some correct, some not. Um, and we'll start off with this surprising one who is no longer on the show, Adam Miller, who's moved <laughs> up to Queensland. Shout out to Adam. Um, but he's got this one pretty right, and I think, uh, well, I think some of us might be happy with this. So this was his prediction. Uh, Saints sixth. Um, <laughs> they're not finishing sixth, the Saints. Uh, <laughs> Saints. Did you say Saints? He said Saints. Hey, that's, that's a bit oh, of a hot take. Okay, I'm putting on. a lot of trust in, um, in Severos. <laughs> so there we go. Um, Adam yeah, Miller was surprisingly fun. Well, because at the start of the season, they were so had so much injuries that they picked up. Um, they just didn't look likely. Um, and I didn't think they had the greatest of finish of the year, the, the season prior. Um, and then so the injuries just, tally just looked too big to start off with. And a new coach, sometimes you'd feel it would take a year or two for a coach to settle in. But, uh, well, I think they've proven everyone wrong. How would you, great. as the supporter, how do you assess him, Liam? Well, I think Ross Lyon throughout the year has said it's an exploration year, so they're still deciding on how their list is, setting, setting standards that probably weren't there under Brett Ratton, unfortunately, and they're defending a lot better. So they're the best defending team in the competition by champion data, and that stacks up well in finals football. Jerry? Uh, what do you assess the St Kilda run this year? And uh, GWS next week, mm. how's their defence hold? Yeah, I think their defence, if they shut down Toby Green, you know, Toby, 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 if they shut down him, then they win the game. We will save our game previews yeah, for next true. week, so <laughs> we won't reveal <laughs> no, them yet. It's kind of a stitch up there. It's, it's all good. <laughs> no, no, this is genuinely good because, again, we, Sam and I, we genuinely didn't think they'd finish sixth. That's bang on. No, and uh, yeah. where would you have had them in the preseason? I had them between ninth and 13th. So I'll, we'll go through this at the end of this as well, but I have the preseason ladder that I did here. I didn't realise a few of the guys in the studio have only done the top eight, but I did a whole oh. 18. Um, and so I had Saints... At 13th. So I, I, mm. I can't remember where they finished last year, but it would have been maybe a bit below where they finished last year, possibly. Yeah, no, they've definitely underestimated. Because I just think they they threw out um, Brett Ratton in such a hurry and just didn't look solid as a club. They just didn't look unified. Um, and, and I think to um, the coach's credit... Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon... Um, a lot of people hate defensive style games, but there's not many coaches that are doing that currently, I think, in the form that he doesn't. So he's going against the trend, uh, I think, of a more attacking game style that's opened up in the last couple of years, the exciting games that we like to see. But he's stuck with that, uh, and it's one of my place. So, What are some other big chicken moments throughout the year, right. Sam? Well, we've got one here from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see how <laughs> oh, this one went. It's going to be inflammatory, this. I don't think they're finishing bottom four, by the way. Really? Ooh. I don't think North will finish bottom four. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> that is terrible. Yeah. They come la- oh, second last. Second, oh. second last, yeah. You should have came last. I had more faith in North this oh. going into the new year with I think Jerry Clarkson. did. Jerry said early on in one of the uh, the preseason games against yes. Bulldogs that they were going to win by five goals. If you remember, that, that. was right. Yeah, he did say that. Don't pull that. <laughs> it's funny because as I've been getting these together, I had listened to those early shows again. Oh, so. Do you have in your mind? <laughs> well, there's a couple here. Uh, I had North Melbourne at 16th, so I did see some progress, but... Uh, <laughs> Jim, um, I had a lot of faith in Alistair Clarkson, and with the two uh, wins start, I thought, okay, great, this is going to be uh, you know, a little bit of a rejuvenation north. There's a little bit of youth. I mean, look at the youth and incredible, you know, Larky, Sheasel, and Davies Uniaki, Wardlaw, incredible, play- incredible players developing, and you could they can be very lethal in a few years to come. And uh, I thought when they played the Bombers first time at Marvel Stadium, that six-point defeat to them, thought, that means the worst of North... Uh, the worst of the worst for North is over, and the only way to go is up. And I think that you're on that trajectory now, so maybe I was yeah. a year ahead of the curve. There. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I, and I think it was hard for Clarko not being at the club for most of the years would have disrupted disrupted the players. Um, that so might have I think, it. yeah, mm. uh, I definitely you'll get a clean shot at it next year, um, full year with Clarko, um, and I, I mean, player a player getting into the All Australian and your young player winning. Um, the best rising player. Mm. Uh, good sign. Good sign. So maybe that, if we make that prediction again for next year, it's probably more achievable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so that was pretty funny. All right. This one from Jerry. And my big call was Geelong and the Tigers are not making the top eight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. A massive call. And at that time too, it was very early on. In that, that was pre-season. Mm. So to make that claim pre-season was very good. Yeah. Um, not just one, both the premiership winner and uh, uh, you know a contender, a dynasty, and and before we even knew that uh, the coach would go off to Europe, <laughs> leave in the <laughs> middle of the season, and, and then come back and, and have the a Gold meeting Coast. in Venice, and they're at the Gold Coast. It's insane. Uh, one of the big things I also want to point out that massive, uh, really protesting chicken that sounded like. <laughs> That was because Adam Miller was the one who did it. He was a cat yeah, supporter. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Adam Miller. Uh, what a surprise the Geelong fall from the eight was. It was bound to happen eventually. Yeah, yes. I think so. But I, mm. I just still think they would have. Because almost sometimes you think winning a flag kind of like reinvigorates a team. But uh, we've seen that they've just. I think towards the middle of the year, they kicked a couple things into gear and it started to look like they were going to just. Fire up and and then just they just fell away. My preseason ladder, I had them at third, so st- thought they were still in contention. Richmond, I had in my eighth as well, so I had them as seventh. Well, uh, Geelong for me, third as well. Sam, we were we were united there. Mm. So <laughs> <laughs> gets we the were, one final. We uh, were very wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, Any other fun ones we got there? Uh, looking here. Okay, let's l- look at this one. I reckon the dogs won't won't make the eight. So if you want to squeeze the chicken, oh, no, I was about to say that too. I get that. No, I think I'm I'm in a grand. So I think they just put so much pressure on Bont to kind of stand up to be the man, to be the hero, and Bailey and Norton as well. So yes, it did come down the last game, but <laughs> they weren't in the eight, and uh, I think, and I think, in all honesty, it's probably better that they didn't because. Uh, they just whoever they would have played. I'm not just saying that because they could have played Carlton, but I would have said that two weeks before the finals, they're losing to West Coast. Um, and it, if they had won that game, they would have been in. Yeah. 
with their final game against Geelong. So they just they just weren't ready, and it does surprise me seeing you know Bont win all these awards and players in the so they've got some guts of players that are there, but just yeah, disappointing for them this year. They have the engine, just not the aerodynamics. Yep. Pretty much. Liam? They did lose to Hawthorne as well as West Coast. I had him in my top four. I thought top four. Lob and their tools would be amazing. And I think Liam, uh, Liam Jones would be a fantastic pickup, which he was. Did break his forearm, which was not ideal. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not sure where they're at. I think their list is pretty healthy. Yeah. Um, I think they should make top four with that list next year. You would hope so. I see it as there's an inconsistency in the chemistry within that forward line. Yeah. My main gripe I've had with the Western Bulldogs all year is when Norton's up, Hagen's yep. down. Yep. When Hagen's up, Norton's mm. down. And then Lobb, when he clicks, it makes it for a great tall forward line because then you have Cody Waitman picking up the scraps. But then there's just these games where there's very little chemistry between all three. Or sometimes it can get muddled up and they get in each other's way. Yeah, the, the chemistry is just, it wasn't together for them and that's something in the off-season they're going to need to uh, figure out because they definitely do have the uh, the tank for it. Um, but the, the question is around the coaching staff and whether they need a new leader and a new direction. Um, uh, I mean, as good as a coach he was, one of my premiership got them to from uh, the 2021 as well. And yeah, from... people for- sleep over that one, Sam. They, I always want to try and maintain that in 2021, second half of the year, the Bulldogs were the best team yep. in the competition, and they deserved to be where yep. they were. They just had a bad slump in the final few weeks. So yeah, I, I had them at ninth um, on my ladder. So that was one that I got right on. Would you sack um, him? It's a it's a hard question. I I, I would say no. But not at this stage. But if if they'd have a terrible season next year and they're nowhere near it again, he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah. Well, I think Stuart Jew has been linked to be a senior assistant coach to help him out. So I think that will be... <laughs> maybe that's all he needs. Just some yeah. uh, a fresh eyes from an yeah. assistance yeah. level. That, and it could just maybe. be that. I think there was calls to have a review, a club inside review, and get some help, um, which many clubs have had over the journey. I think maybe even West Coast have recently had that in their North term. North had one last year. Well, every year, basically. Hilariously for me, Sam, between 9th and 13th, I had the Western Bulldogs preseason. I had them 6th mid-season. So that just shows how a bit zigzaggy their form was. All right. Next one. And this is uh, one I'm very happy about. Uh, I really think, and you can chicken me right now, uh, the Blues are back in the race if we can beat Frio. (laughs) (laughs) That that is going to be tough. You've got a tough run home, though. Yeah, that is the worst call of the season. (laughs) Oh, Liam. Liam. Reap what you sow. Liam, Carl. How'd you find it? What do you mean, how'd I find it? This is how you find it. You find it on your favourite podcast platform on Spotify, (laughs) Apple Podcasts, and at syn.org.au. To be be fair to you, I think uh, a lot of people were in agreement with you. Um, I was. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think anyone would expect them to win 10 in a row. Yeah, no, well, I, I didn't expect that either. <laughs> but I, I just, for, for, at that stage, when we had got a couple of wins, yes, they were against lower teams, but it was how we got the wins that convinced me that they were over, first time over 50 points. Uh, and we just looked like we were playing better than even where we were last year um, towards the end. So, um Wow. I, I mean, sometimes I say things on this show about Carlton where I just say and hope there's not much. Do you say a few things just to wind the three of us up sometimes? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But uh, 
<laughs> um, well, so that's going to be exciting. Yeah, so in the eight, where did you have Carlton on your ladders? I had Carlton. Guess where? Fifth. Fifth. I got it right. I don't know how I done it. But I was one fifth, position pre-season, off. Pre-season, I had him on the ladder. I had him seventh. Yeah, I had them out of the eight, but um, really, pre-se- even preseason. So yeah, I haven't done it in ten years. So I, I, I did a half <laughs> Liam here, Sam. I had him sixth in the preseason, but mid-year when they were in a bit of poor form, I did leave them out. So I thought that trend change. would continue. Yeah, well, no, you can't change, but we did a show where we did yes. uh, have a little bit of a mid-season review, and at that point I would have okay. put them outside the eight. But yeah, I, pre-season I, they were sixth. <laughs> when, when it was that Essendon game um, that I went to, I thought there is no hope from here. That was it. That was it. There um, is unreleased video amazing. in the Sports Desk vault where I label this the most important Carlton Essendon game in, since 2011. And that if Carlton lose this game but somehow make the eight, it's a first round bye right. for the other opposition. But that is completely not the case anymore. All right. Speaking of Carlton, now this one hasn't proven yet. We don't know where this will go, but I thought it was pretty significant um, considering it was preseason as well. Jerry, I reckon you need to get a chicken out here. I reckon if Carlton make the finals, we'll get a Collingwood and Carlton semi. Good. <laughs> I, I think Could that would imagine? be. Oh, I want to see it. So, it's a possibility. So there Carl, is a definitely a possibility to, lose to Melbourne. Yes. Yeah, and Carlton needs win. So the only only two times we can face them, uh, possibly a grand final or a semi final, but the semi final to me is well. Very you can likely. meet in a prelim as well. What? No, I don't they think we can. Separate... We can't. You want you on sure? separate sides of the table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll go one further. I reckon a Collingwood Carlton grand final is plausible at this stage. <sighs> He's going chicken again. I'm going to upgrade that prediction. I think that is entirely plausible. Oh, no, that's it, mate. Uh, we'll, we'll save, oh, I think we'll save those towards the end. Uh, that's it. Uh, we'll, <laughs> hang on. We'll, we'll get to that. We've got a big next week. Um, oh, this one from our old mate James. I'm starting to get nervous about footy now. Like, it was no, a bit just know. funny. The Blues but... might not do well again. No, or, like, <laughs> no, no, well, no. We're going to do all right. We're going to do all right. Well, I'm okay, upset. He's all right, I... like 11th. Pardon? He's all right, like 11th. Tenth. Oh, you, you can talk, Mr. Essendon. Hey, hey, we got some good draft guys this year. We're going to come up. We're going to get eighth. We're going to make oh, at geez. least <laughs> at least the semi-final. No. Oh god. That was the first chicken moment on this show. Was it? Yeah. Got it right. I, I think it was worthy of our first chicken moment on the show. Now, Sam, I'll just 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 so Sam doesn't get too cocky. He picked the bombers as a wooden spoon. Yeah. No. no. Okay. Yes, I, I was about to say that. They, they were my bottom team. Um, I think that was just out of spite. He looked um, right at me and he had a smile and his eyes, he was, he was, he was, it was twinkling, his eyes. Oh, insane. It was like Danny in the champion of the world. Doesn't smile with his mouth, smiles with his eyes. Uh, my pick was Hawthorne for Wooden Spoon, weirdly, because I think that, that rebuild uh, was raising a lot of questions as to how they're really going to be developing a you know, how they can develop a list without all that experience with Liam and Jerry. Mm. But amazingly, they've become one of the more exciting teams to watch in the next couple of years because they were able to take some scalps, which I thought West Coast were going to do when they got their players back out because I just thought it was just an injury crisis. But instead, Hawthorne did what I thought West Coast would do. They got a few. They got, what, the Lions in Hobart. They also got the Dogs as well. Saints, mm, yeah. you name it. Like, 
a few top eight teams. And they play a good attacking style. Number one handball team in the competition. They love to move it forward. And their midfield, John Newcomb, Will Day, they're really exciting. And it probably is very clever to have James Sisley as your captain sitting at halfback yep. just directing the traffic ahead of the ball, which is probably very clever. All-Australian as well. <laughs> exactly so. right. Um, who do you have as a wooden spoon, Liam, since you weren't on the show pre-season? From memory, it would have been West Coast or Gold Coast. It might have been Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Why wow. Gold Coast? Okay. I just didn't – I think they have an average list. Yeah. I think it's very one-paced in the midfield. I didn't think – Stuart Jew was the best coach available. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought North Melbourne would be a little bit better as well, to be fair. And West Coast, they had COVID staff. I wasn't sure if they could go up the ladder a little bit. But, um, yeah, I might have had the Gold Coast. I don't know if Sam has this clip, but I remember Adam Miller saying something very silly on the show. They backfired quite early. Do you have that particular clip? No, that, that's all the clips I've got there. Well, we'll share this one then. Adam Miller, early start in the year, and this is one of those chicken moments that backfired very quickly. He said West Coast would go winless. Ah, yes, I do remember oh, that yeah. one. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so how many of your preseason did you get right here? Because I have got three ticks on here. So I got Carlton fifth, um, Western Bulldogs ninth, and Adelaide tenth. I knew they'd move up. That were, actually, that was one of my early season predictions here that I don't have here, that uh, I would, saw a rise in Adelaide. Um uh, I didn't expect the Port Adelaide rise, though, but I, I was expecting Adelaide was going to have a big year. Yes, they certainly were. Uh, I got two correct, Brisbane Lions second and Sydney eighth. Okay. Jerry, how many of the top eight did you get? I got six out of a top eight right, but not in the right order. So. Okay. I got five out of eight. Yeah, I think I might have had five, but not in the right order. Yeah, out of the order, one, two, three, four, five out of eight. I had Collingwood fifth. Because I, my thinking was they won 11 in a row from comeback clutch victories. They can't pull off 11 in a row. And again, instead, not only did they pull off the comebacks again, but they were also able to trounce and scorch teams as well. And that's what brought them the minor premiership. I had Melbourne minor premiers, Sam. Wow. Okay. Now, I had I had Brisbane. Same. They were my standout for the year. Uh, so, um, yeah. They didn't quite get top, but uh, second to Collingwood. I had Melbourne second. Uh, Geelong, th- I didn't have I had Collingwood eighth. <laughs> Collingwood eighth. Yeah. Now, what what led to that thinking? I don't know. I think that one was just with spite as well. Close wins as well last yeah, year. Yeah, and no, actually, that was th- that was that my was, probably yeah, my theory. Probably. I I thought that they couldn't maintain the same game style. Uh, I week. thought they could, but I didn't think they could do it eleven weeks straight like they did in twenty twenty two. But they they did it incrementally. That's why and I'm saying I it was more scorching teams this time instead of the comebacks. I don't have the save recording here, but you. And I don't know what part of the year, maybe it was mid-year or early on, but you were saying Collingwood were premiers in waiting. Still maintain like it. Like eight or nine weeks before. <laughs> Still maintain it. I don't know. All right. Well, it's time for our finals kind of. Now, it's kind of a look ahead. We're going to do the big preview, of course, yep. next week in the first mm-hmm. week. Uh, but we want maybe a premiership winner uh, and maybe the two grand finalists we'll look at this stage. This That's is very where, hard. This so is th- the these si- are just wild calls. The here. silence in this studio is the reason because it's feeling very awkward right now because we're really struggling to come up with any sort of answer to that. Isn't that right, Jerry? Yeah, I, I reckon I got one. So Collingwood Brisbane Grand Final, and then Brisbane win it. Brisbane oh, win it. Damn. Liam, I've got the same Grand Final, but Collingwood wins. There's three that I just weigh up every single I really time. Want it's a chicken Collingwood. Bri- okay, go ahead. The Collingwood. I don't think they're going to win it. 
We're going Collingwood versus what was your again? It was Brisbane. Brisbane again. Collingwood win. I think Collingwood win, but I'm every time I look at it, I think Collingwood Carlton, Collingwood Carlton, Collingwood oh Carlton. God. It'd be insane. <laughs> How, I'm going. I'm going. I'm not going to do Collingwood Carlton. I will do either Collingwood Brisbane or Collingwood Port. Pick Port just for the sake of it. I think for the sake of differentiation, I will go Collingwood versus Port Adelaide in the grand final. But I do think Collingwood win it. I'm going to say, now I don't want to jinx anything here, but, uh, and I mean, I hope I am wrong in terms of the Blues being in anticipation, but um, I think for me, Brisbane and Brisbane v Melbourne. Player of the final series, anyone? Is there such a we've got to we've got to relook at this bracket. We're going to be breaking this down in detail. So yes, we'll, next p- we'll play these in uh, finals week when we get to it. Uh, but uh, we can't wait to break down. It's going to be a massive week next week. The first week of finals. Uh, I don't know about you, Liam, but uh, I mean, last time St Kilda played finals, it would have been lockdown, so you wouldn't have been able to go yeah. last time. It anyway. was at the Gabba. They did win <laughs> against the Bulldogs, and then yeah. they got kicked out. At Metricon by Richmond. So I I think for for both of us, this is the first time in a long time for us to actually get to go. So (laughs) it's going to be a great week. All right. for you, boys. So that's all next week. Um, Massive. And here's a little bit of a preview as to what's to come with the final eight. As the home and away season draws to a close, the final eight remains. Welcome to the DCC. So don't miss it. Don't be anywhere else other than the Sports Desk Friday and Monday this September from 5pm. Oh, don't we love Melbourne and finals time? Oh, it's just such a good time. So it's going to be massive to be a part of it with you right here on the Sports Desk. Good Thank show. you guys for a good show. We'll be back. Well, September finals all next week. Back Monday. Right here. Back Monday. We'll see you then. <laughs>